This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation and educate you on investing, retirement, and everything in between. And we'll throw in some sports talk along the way. Our mission and goal of this podcast is to improve your money journey and help you create the financial life you deserve. So let's talk money. And sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I am Bailey Ashbrook, and I am joined by the Cole and Cole. Welcome. What's up? What's going on? A little tired. I need a cup of coffee. A little late night. You guys know me. I have a strict bedtime, but we had an event last night, so I'm a little tired. Yeah. Yeah, money and margaritas last night. We had, we had a good time. We had a good crowd, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Great. Uh, thanks for, for Sean for coming to, to speak to our group, and uh, margaritas were good. The food food was amazing out there. Oh, my so. gosh. Salsa, guac. Yeah. Dream come true. Queso. I love, I love Mexican food. I can't. Cinco de Mayo play. Yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is right. (laughs) Yeah. My wife's going to lunch at a Mexican restaurant. Is she? (laughs) We'll see how that ends up. (laughs) Uh, We'd had fun. So we had an event last night for clients and non-clients. It was just talking about investing in today, perspective, volatility, and emotions. And we'll go into that because that's what we're going to talk about today. But we opened it up and we fed everyone. It was a good time. Had some prizes and we had trivia. And one of the trivia questions, let's see if Caleb can get it. How many pounds of guacamole is eaten on Cinco de Mayo in America? No, no, it's avocado. Avocado. Yeah, how many pounds? Oh, yeah, like in I'm pounds? just assuming yeah. they're so, making guac. Avocado on Cinco de Mayo yeah. in America. Yeah, how yeah. many pounds? Oh, gosh. This is like, crazy. Uh, 11 million. 81 million. Oh, wow. Isn't okay. that crazy? That's insane. Kind of good guess, though, I feel like. Yeah. That's a good guess. Sounds a lot like better a lot. than I did. That's yeah. like 80,000. Yeah. I knew yeah. it would be way up there, but that's crazy. Like no. the, the question, it was like 800,000, like 1 billion or 81 million. Was We did a trivia, and that was the three three on there. So That's yeah. crazy. So if you're local, we love doing events because it's just good education. It's good time. It's good networking, yep. getting to know us. So. Yeah, and congrats to our trivia winner, Chelsea Hetherington, yeah. who won the trivia contest and uh, got uh, the Stanley Cup that we gave away. That was hot. Stanley yeah. Cups are yeah. hot right yeah. now. Yeah. And we gave five of those away last night and gave uh, some other prizes, ice cream scoops, uh, Dairy gift cards, and uh, a couple other things. But we had a good time. Thank you, like Cole said, to uh, Sean Gillen from uh, Bright House for uh, helping us out. Yeah, it was awesome. So what's going on in sports, guys? I, there's It's kind of quiet, but here's the thing. Cole and Cole played golf against each other this week, and they didn't know I was going to oh, bring this gosh. up. How'd it go? The Cole, one Cole smiling, I'm one a, looked I'm away. A, I'm o for, I'm o for. You know, I lost, I lost this this round, this go round. The game's not on par right now, so it it was really windy. We played on Tuesday, which was like 50 mile an hour winds. It was really windy, and I it's actually fun, shot though. better on Tuesday than I did on Wednesday. So did I. I did too. There was no wind. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah, but I, yep, I won by won by a couple shots. Cole struggled on the second to last hole. Yeah. He had a had a chipping exp expedite or whatever you call it. It was, uh, he chipped the ball through. So we'll have the running total keep going here. Oh, I know. For our listeners that don't care about Cole and I's golf, you know, golf competition. So it's one, one It's just more, I like to keep everyone in check who's winning because you got to have a winner. So we'll keep track, but it's one zero Cole P to start out. Cole P is up. So Caleb, your, uh, Panther selected Bryce Young number one overall and you're kind of excited. I, okay. I'm excited. Yes. I think it will work short term because he is very talented. I'm just concerned that. It won't last that long because his body won't hold up because so, he is a very small quarterback. So he might not get Lamar Jackson money with his second contract. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> how big is but he? Five nine, which in the NFL is 
short shot. Yeah, that is short. Cool thing about the I know we have we were talking about the Lamar Jackson contract and the money thing. You know, he his mom represents him, so he doesn't have an agent. So and it's like his agent commission would have been like seventeen million. That he would have paid an agent, and he paid his. He gave that to his mom. Yeah, that's for cool. mom is balling or something getting, like that. It was. That so, I don't so know. The money cool. might. The dollars might not be exactly right, but he was getting a lot of crap for having his mom yeah. be his agent, and then he ended up getting the contract he wanted. Yep. And he he basically went out and he's like, yeah, so much for me needing an agent. Like, yep. I, I win. Mom I thought that was pretty best. cool. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 He he also said that he's going to try for throw for six thousand yards this year. Yeah, because of his new receivers. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Aaron Rodgers went to the officially went to the Jets. That was like rumored forever, but uh, officially signed with the Jets. How old is A Rod? Like thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. When do you you know? Well, Tom Brady played till he was like forty five. Yeah. I'm not counting him. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been rumoring retirement for like four years. So. He's about there. Like he's in that age where like you know so, those guys. But he's still very talented though. So yeah, yeah this is probably his last go around. Probably three or four years, and he'll be done. So. Yeah. It's on the Brett Favre, you know, train where he's just kind of. You know. Yeah, and then he'll go do a bunch of media after and be a part of everything and still make. Yeah. All right, what's right. going on the NBA? Anything exciting, Mr. NBA? Uh, No. We're I down mean, to eight LeBron teams. And, LeBron and Curry are playing each other right now. Other than that, nothing matters. So so that Curry. is an exciting series. My yes. my nine-year-old son is like wants to watch a game, but they're West Coast games, so they start at 9 o'clock at yeah. night. But there's yeah, one that hard. starts at 7 I think uh, tomorrow night, and yeah, uh, so we're going to sit down and watch it. Last night's game started at 8, so that was nice, because it was over. Right. Well, he goes to bed at 8.30, so. Oh. Okay. That <laughs> and work. we were at our event, so I didn't, didn't yeah. try to do that one. But. I go to bed at 8.30. Other yeah. than that, it's pretty dead in the sports world, so. My yeah. Cubs are struggling, guys. They've lost 5 out of 6. They got swept by the Marlins, and they lost three. No, they lost, they've lost 6 out of 7. Baseball season's so long. I, I just, know. Yeah. They're still 15 and 16. I would say they were kind of right where I thought they would be um they were overachieving (laughs) earlier this year how many games do baseball teams play in a year 162 you're fresh yeah (laughs) there's a lot it's a lot a lot of time that's daunting we're doing this we're recording today on a friday because he's gonna go watch it his cubs play on tuesday yep so tuesday go cubs go yep all right really quick before we go into um the actual topic of the day i just wanted to say thank you all to all the people who've been listening because um our listens have been going way up the last few episodes so we really appreciate that Um, Make sure that if you're not already following um, or subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you hit the follow button, um, subscribe, whatever it might be. Send it to a friend who you might think would enjoy it. Also, um, leave a five-star review um, on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever platform you listen on. It really helps us um, get the word out, continue to grow, and we just really appreciate it. So keep it up. Yeah, we'll get discovered that way. We'll take all the kind words. Yeah, the absolutely. algorithm. It's a crazy thing. All right, let's get rolling. We're so today we're going to talk about we're going to kind of recap our event last night. We had a great event. It was talking about volatility and market, keeping their perspective, sticking to your plan. And as we know, there's a lot of emotions in investing. There's a lot of emotions, especially in today's world. And we're talking about how everything's at a tip of our fingers today. News travels fast, and we're kind of going to recap the event and go over all that. Yeah. So so you know it, it's different today than it was twenty or thirty years ago. You don't wait for the paper to get your to get your news anymore. It's, it's at the palm of your hand, literally. And, uh, so Sean talked a lot about, you know, when you see these headlines, Dow tumbles on fears of recession, market in turmoil, market in turmoil, you know, take it into perspective and actually look what's going on. Because he said he, he showed a couple headlines and then he actually showed like the return that day. And it was Dow tumbles on rate fears was one of them. 
and it was down 0.7%. Well, yeah, because he was talking about how his dad used to be in this business, right? The business that he was a financial advisor. And then he said he never checked the news because he was at work every day talking. He was engaged. He knew what was going on. And then he would start reading the paper when he retired and he would see all these news and he would start to panic like, oh, I just retired. Oh, I just turned over my clients. And it's crazy how headlines really do grab people. Right, right. And, and, and his whole thing was like, okay, well, yeah, the market is volatile. I mean, it, it is going to go up and down. It's very, uh, you know, prevalent that it's going to do that. And I think you've got a stat on on how often the market goes down during a year, and we'll, we'll go through that. But it's all about sticking to your plan. You know, re, you can always reassess your risk, but don't, don't do it out of fear or emotion. Do it out of, like, this is our plan is to go from moderate to moderate conservative at, you know, age 70 or, or whatever age it is and stick to your plan. And that's, you know, part of the reason you have a financial advisor, obviously. Yeah. I think, uh, most people need to know, or some people do things on their own, but a lot of people do work with advisor and it's important to, to ask, you know, communicate that you're uncomfortable or maybe you're feeling emotional or you're, you know, you're, you're uncertain. And that's, that's the first step of, of, Hey, maybe just say, Hey, I don't like this. And then you can maybe understand better. Or if you do need to reassess your plan or your risk or what portfolio objective you might have, uh, you know, that's the time you need to start having those conversations and the people that just kind of keep it to themselves and work themselves up, read the news signs, get on Twitter, you know, those are the things. And that's, I always try to say, you know, don't, don't even look at the news, you know, t keep the stock channel off, you know, cause, cause fear sells. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, Fox news, CNN, all these, you know, they, they want the, the negative headlines cause that's what drives viewership to them. And that's what, you know, causes, you know, our lives to be a little crazy at times, you know, and we're always trying to coach people to take a little, take some of the emotion out of it. And that's easier said than done, but having a plan and having and communicating, you know, can really help, help soften that. Oh, and then we hear this a lot. There's a herd mentality. So when you hear one person say, oh, I got out, the market's going bad. It's never going to go up. The world's crap. You know what I mean? People hear that and like, oh, my neighbor got out. I got to get out. And we talk about this a lot too, is everyone's plan's different. Like do not, if Colby was like, oh, Bailey, I did X, Y, Z. That doesn't mean I should change my plan because they don't look the same. We have different incomes, goals, priorities. And I feel like that's very common in today's world is to one, hear the news and then hear what other people do. And that's another important part of walking along advisor. Yeah. Don't, don't compare your plan with your friends because your strategy and your retirement and everything that you want to do with the money that you saved up is, is virtually never, never the same as the other person. So it's not, it's not something where we can do this. We don't do the same thing for every person at all, not even close. And, and it's, um, it's definitely customized to your situation, your plan, your, um, you know, fears in retirement or your concerns, I guess is probably a better word. So it's not something that we're going to do the same thing for every, every person. We might do something similar or something like that, but, um, just because one person has this plan, uh, doesn't mean the next one is going to. And Cole, you have some really good statistics and it also age-based. It's very important. Obviously, and Sean talked about this, they three years before retirement after Obviously, there's strategies and protections you can do during turbulent markets. But overall, why don't you give some statistics for people? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, there's a chart Sean put up, uh, a visual, and it, you know, puts it in context of all the volatility. And it's it really what it is. It was the, the S&P 500 on a bar chart or a dot chart uh, from 1980 to 2023, showing, you know, a 40 plus year returns. And, and what was fascinating about it, it was the average down point. At, at over that 43 year period was 
0.3%. And so, didn't you say every year we had, at some point, we were down, the market was down. There might be one in there somewhere, but it looked like almost, I would say, 95% that you can see on the chart because they do kind of lump some of the years together, but was down at some point in any given year. But on average, you were down 14.3%, which is, you know, that's a pretty significant pullback. And think about that. So, but on the other side of the fence is, your average rate of return over that whole time period, that 43 years, if you just rode the market up and down all those waves was 8.7% annually. And 74% of the time of those years or almost three fourths of the time you were positive return over that whole, whole period. So put in context of like at any point you're down 14%. And if you're always selling when down most of the time you're losing, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, three fourths of the time, that was the wrong decision. And yeah, we're not always, that's, that's what, you know, everyone always uses a crystal ball analogy, right? If I had my crystal ball, but that's the thing is like, it's what those numbers tell you is it's more important to be in the market than to try to time the market and have a plan, right? And that's, it's being in the market with a plan. Because we hear that a lot. Well, I'll get back in when the market's good, or I need to get out at the the low and people forget that's the worst time to get out. And that's the worst time to get back in. So emotions behind it. And you guys have a lot of conversations and you had a cool story at principal, a guy called when a guy was pretty, and it is, it's an emotional based decision and to sit with someone and talk to someone and keep stressing that importance, but tell the story of yeah. the principal. Yeah. Experience. So I was at principal in the, in the 401k department during the 2008, uh, crash. And, and it was, uh, you know, many, many things were going on at the time, but it, it was a very, very fearful time. And, and I remember a gentleman that was a, a business owner and he was, uh, I believe he was like 73 years old. He called me and uh, his his portfolio had gone from over $5 million in his 401k. And he was still working. He was still owning the business and, and still working, still putting money in. But he had over $5 million at the start of 2008. And when he called me, I believe it was like uh, February or March of 2009, uh, his, his portfolio was below $3 million. So he had went from over $5 million to below $3 million, And he was like, what should I do? <laughs> and and uh, at that at that point... I was in a position at, at, at principal where, where I wasn't able to solicit advice to people. So I couldn't sell, you know, say you should sell or you should buy or anything like that. We were just, just there. You know, we, our whole thing was we can't give investment recommendations, but at the same time, you know, when you, when you sell at the bottom of the marker, you, or we, we might be hitting a bottom, we don't know. And do you need the whole thing with him was, do you need this money? And, and of course he was, he was like, no, not really. I'm still working. And, and by need, like, you mean like income, Com- right? Yeah. Like, like, are you going to generate yeah. an income or is this going to help you survive? Yeah. Just right. So for the viewers, so, so few details that, that most people probably won't care about, but it, he was, he was an owner. So he had to take a requirement of distribution because he was over 70 and a half at the time. That was the age. So, was, so he was like, no, I'm only taking my requirement of distributions out, which were high because, because he had over $5 million. So I was like, well, you know, do, do you, I mean, I, if I personally, I would probably wait it out, but it's, it's your account. I can't give you recommendations, but, um, you know, you're, he was all in stocks, uh, which he had done really well over the year. You know, you got to look back also, like how, how much have I made on this account too? And, and that's what everyone forgets when, when the market starts going down is, Oh, I'm still up overall. And, and so after we got, you know, done talking, you know, he left his account alone and, and I'm assuming it, I, I never, we weren't able to go back and look, but I'm assuming obviously the market came back in 2009 and he probably made back most of what he had was down. And, and it was just a, a, you know, you go, you see those numbers, you see 5 million, you go to 3 million. You're like, Holy cow. 
And think about this too. And when I hear that story, he, sh the fact that he wasn't working with side by side with someone and didn't have plans and places and strategies. So he didn't have to have that panic and calling principle and having an advisor to walk you through that. And I think that's what you guys do a really good job at. Yeah. So I, I mean, I offered one of our advisors at principal at that time, uh, to, to give him a call and I'm pretty sure they did. And I don't know what ever happened with that, but at the same time, he, th that is right. Like he didn't have anybody but to call the 401k customer service, which I was with that amount of money with that amount of money, which is, is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old at that time. I only had three years in the industry and he's talking to me about $5 million. You know, it's like, you, you kind of want someone that, that has experience and had been through the situation and, and knows how to handle it. I was kind of trying to do my best at that time because I didn't probably have the experience to be talking to him. But um, at the same time, you know, he, he needed someone to be a sounding board and I was the person to, for him to call. Hey there, listeners. This episode of How to Money with Cole and Cole is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but for me, finding the work-life balance of being a husband and father and working a job has been so rewarding but it also can be so exhausting. And that's why it's important for me to take care of my health and not just my physical health, but my mental health. And that's where therapy comes in. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. And you know what's great about it? It's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of challenges. To get started, you just have to answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you with more scheduling flexibility at a more affordable price. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash CFG to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash CFG. All right, let's do a little dollars and cents, guys. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, feds raise the rates again. Yes, they went up a quarter percent yesterday, uh, shocked, them, shocked the stock market again, uh, went down, but it's right back up today. But uh, so the uh, the Fed raised the, raised a quarter percent, which I, I don't even know how many raises they've done. A, a bunch. A, a bunch. Uh, they've raised the rates a lot. But uh, it has, aver so the average uh, fixed rate, 30-year fixed rate on housing mortgage right now is 7.07%, according to the website that we looked at this morning. Um, so, so we were just talking about that and like, well, okay, well, what's the lowest ever December of 2020 when, uh, uh crazy, you know, it was crazy time. Two people in Re this room bought houses. <laughs> refinance. Well, I refinanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in September, I think of 2020. You guys but, are uh, such good market timers. Right, right. Uh, December of 2020, 2.68 was the average. That's so, so crazy. That's so crazy. less than three years ago, we've almost swung 5% as far as 30 year, uh, mortgages. And that's the average. So some people get higher, some people get lower, obviously. But it's not the highest ever, of course. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, the highest ever, October of 1981. Farming crisis, interest rates going crazy. The average 30-year mortgage that was taken out was 18.45%. This is according to Freddie Mac. 18.45%. So if you think we had our lowest ever in just 2020, the highest ever, 1981, you know, what's the average? 
probably right where we're at. I mean, I, I uh, 7.07 is probably I think not we're pretty, pretty normal. We were yeah. just spoiled for so long. We yep. were, we were spoiled for so long. They're, they're trying to make, you know, what they're trying to do is I'm trying to make money more expensive to borrow. Um, and that's going to slow down inflation, slow people building houses, buying houses, uh, everything like that. They're, they're just trying to slow it down a little bit. And I think they're going to accomplish what they want. Do I agree with everything they've done? Of course not. Um, I think they've raised, they raised them way too quickly and too frequently, but at the same time, they are accomplishing what they went out for. Yeah. Just causing a lot of, t- it, it, you know, when people are just, what's your thoughts on the market and things, right? The market likes a little more predictability and we're in a very unpredictable environment. Like we don't really know where rates are going. We assume they're, the Fed's pretty, you listen, any economist professional, the Fed's probably very close to being done. They might go one more time, but it's, it's sounds like right on the edge, just depending on some of the numbers, how they come out with, but that's, that's, you know, probably until we get a little more clarity on where inflation interest rates are, we're probably going to be in this choppy period. Some days are good. Some days are bad. We've kind of had a down week, but we're ending the week or today's as we're doing this podcast up, you know, pretty drastically, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely creating a lot of fun conversations for all of us. For sure. For yeah, sure. definitely. So we've talked a lot about emotions. That's another emotional things, feds bringing rates up and all that stuff. So we have some strategies for these times and volatility that we were talking about prior. Cole J, give me some good strategies when I'm emotional, there's volatility. What would you suggest? Yeah. Some things, you know, we're constantly talking about with clients, right? And we're having the conversations, obviously your, your normal conversations of goals, objectives, you know, your risk level, you know, how much money you want to spend. But there's, there's really three that I kind of thought of when I was like, okay, what, what, if I was just talking to anyone, they're asking three things I can do in a volatile, you know, or emotional period is one rebalance, you know, make sure you're rebalancing your, your portfolio on an annual basis at minimum. What that means for our, for our listeners is, you know, sometimes you have, you know, you have stocks and bonds or, you know, an allocation of 50, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, for example, sometimes the stocks do a lot better. So all of a sudden now you're 70, 30 because your bond values maybe just maintained, but your stocks went up, you know, by default, you're a lot more aggressive, you know? So, and what rebalancing would mean is, Hey, we're getting that 70, 30 back to our original 50, 50. And that keeps us in line with our portfolio objectives and our risk levels. And that's important to make sure one, you define what that is. So, cause my allocation might be 90, 10, Coles might be 70, 30, you know, we all have different, you know, is it cause he's older. Yeah. That is, that was a little, that was a little dark. <laughs> a little dark and, and, and some of that we do automatically yeah, for yeah. you, for yep. our clients, yes. we, we set up the rebalancing. Yep. So, so you don't necessarily have to do that yourself, but um, it's something that I think people don't look at in their 401ks for sure. Um, and, and typically if you look at your 401k, there's an auto rebalance yeah. option. Yep. Um, but if you ha- don't have that on, uh, and you leave it for 20 years, you're most likely going to have a lot more stocks than when you started with, because those stocks are going to increase more than the bonds just in, if history proves, proves right. So. No, that's a great point. I don't think a lot of people know that the rebalancing. All right. So we got rebalancing and then yeah, dollar cost averaging, right? And this is, I know most people are familiar with yeah, dollar Big cost, uh, dollar cost averaging, but, and that means on both ways, dollar cost averaging in and then or if you're on the distribution phase can be dollar cost averaging out and that's you know setting up whether it's setting up a weekly buy or a weekly sell depending on where you're at and what stage when you're in volatile markets it's a very great way to invest you know we're not trying to time we're just picking a date and saying boom here's what we're doing because every 15th i put x amount of money in my account because some days it's going to be look like a great buy some days it's going to look poor but the most important thing is the consistency of doing it you're committed you know, to, to the strategy. Okay. Explain that on the way out now then. Yeah. So it's same thing. So say, say, you know, you're taking a, you know, a thousand bucks a month, you know, and, and, and this is where the distribution strategy maybe can be a little more complex because we might raise 
more cash ahead of time if the market's been good. So we might say, hey, let's let's take 12 months of, of income out of the market or out of your portfolio, park it aside. And right now it's a great time because your cash is getting pretty high interest. So so it's not a bad time to do that if, if someone is taking income. But we do also have people that we just do periodic sales um, you know, every month that, so we're not taking a lump sum. We're not trying to time. We're just saying, Hey, we're going to raise a thousand bucks because sometimes it's going to look great. Sometimes it's going to look average. Sometimes it's going to look poor. We're doing it consistently. Now we, we got to make sure it's more, it is very important to understand that, you know, you have the funds to be able to do that, you know, on an ongoing basis. Cause if you run the math and that's where like we'll do and say, hey, okay, yep, we can get that to $500 and still feel like you're going to you know, make it to 90, 95, whatever it might be. But it is very important. I, I both are very important, but the, the distribution strategy, um, especially in volatile markets is very, especially very, in that yeah, retirement yeah, time very, very period. important You're to have an income. Yep. Yeah. I've had, I've had some clients that are like, well, I'll just take it the money when I need it. And I was like, well, that's, that's not always the best strategy yeah. because it's better to take it out, you know, on a monthly basis, maybe put it into your savings account, pay taxes on it. And you're always, you're, then you're spreading out your taxable gain too. Cause if you wait three years and take out $50,000, we don't know if that's a good time in the and market. You don't know if it's going to be the low or the high. It's, you, again, it's and the it's timing. Nice, it's nice to have the ability, like in that example, right? If someone, maybe they don't need the money, but they know it's coming. Spending's coming. It's like, okay, let's start stockpiling. And then if the market's a little worse on us, we don't need to take any out yet. Yeah. You've got a stockpile there that we've sent you and maybe we use that. Now, if the market is good, good, great. We'll just continue to kind of add to that stockpile. Yeah. I had a client just, just last night tell me that like, yeah, we've been doing those distributions and now I'm putting a new floor in. Now I'm putting in a deck and, and I have the cash. I mean, so he, he has the cash ready to go because we've been doing those periodic distributions out of, uh, of his investments and he's retired and that's, that's what we set up. So it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good strategy there. So you got one more for us, Cole? Yeah, I do. I do. And the last one, uh, this is, more maybe on the on the spending out or wind down phase dis, or distribution phase is you're reassessing your budget, right? Making sure, you know, especially if things are a little volatile, you feel like your account values are suppressed a little bit and say, hey, is it necessary for that $1,000 a month? Maybe I can do 800, maybe do 700. Because I do feel like, like, for example, if you're, we're sending you 1,000 and you're like, well, I'm only spending 400 and 600 is going into savings maybe we reduce that that selling strategy right now just so we're putting less pressure on your overall portfolio. So I do think that's, you know, Bailey, I know you're a huge advocate for the budget and the spending budget of, of reassessing that, especially when there is volatility. I mean, at all times you should do that, but volatility because if there's unneeded selling going on, you know, and we can hold off on that, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like sometimes when we ask people for budgets, it, there's like a... Uh, there's like reluctancy because they don't feel like we trust them with their money, but it's not that it's like, we want to see, okay, are we sending too much to you or are we not sending you enough? Uh, we want to see what your budget is and what is necessities and what is, uh, something that maybe we can do something different. So, um, you know, if a, a financial advisor asks you for your, your budget, it's not, not necessarily that they don't trust you. We're not with, slapping your hand. It's right. like a powerful tool. Like I think a lot of people th see a budget and like, oh, this is so restrictive. Spending's, or, oh, I, spending's the number one indicator of how much you need to save. Yeah. So like if you, if what you know so, where it's going, exactly. You're just, all you're doing is taking your money and assigning where it's going. It's like, you're in charge of your money. It's, it's really freeing. Just say, this is exactly what yep. I need. This is what I get. This is where it goes. Otherwise that's when it kind of just gets out of control and you hear people like, I don't even know what I'm spending or I even know what I got. So. Yeah. And again, not everyone's situation is the same. I know we say that a lot. So it's, it's different for everybody. We can't run a budget for uh, this, you know, Bailey's budget's not the same as mine. And 100% it's not. And I don't go to the Cubs. I have four kids. You have yeah. three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I only have two. Yeah. yeah. So far. So yours is half mine, right? <laughs> I only have one. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, we got, yeah, we yeah. got all the four, three, two, one in the room. No, it's just a powerful tool. And I think it's a great thing to look at. So those are great strategies. So a lot of emotions, a lot of strategies. Give your number one tip when someone is very emotional. Like, okay, I'm, I got 2 million in my 401k, whatever it may be, whatever account. I'm really emotional. My neighbors are selling. I don't know what to do. The news keeps telling me, are you sure? I mean, this president, I'm just not sure where it's going. You know, you hear the conversations. Like, I just don't want to lose. I'll get back in when it's good. What would you tell me? I would say let's let's sit down and talk about what your goals are with this money. Let, let's let's see what it Reassess. is. Reassess. Reassess. Because uh, because it maybe it is a, a time to get some out of the market. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's time to put more in. It, it's uh you know we need to reassess what your goals are with it. Because if it's changed, maybe maybe it's changed in your mind as a client that I didn't know about. Because sometimes that does happen where we you know we don't talk to our clients every day. Yep. Um, so sometimes things change. They may, may be thinking about buying a house or a vacation home or, or anything like that. Uh, we need to know about that. So let's sit down, reassess your goals with the, uh, the money that you have saved up. And maybe we do change, but maybe we don't. And Sean told this story last night. So Sean's a wholesaler company. So it's a product we use and he has a mother-in-law and the story was basically like he never wanted to overstep with his mother-in-law. Like obviously he could easily advise her, guided her, helped her with her. It was during her retirement period. And he, she, he thought she was working with an advisor. And so she was having all these emotions when the market was at the low and he thought she was working. She sold at the, she sold at the worst time. They never talked about it. He was like, okay, he didn't know. And then like, I think he said like a few years later, she got back in and bought at the high and how much it took her account down. And I just think, oh gosh, someone is right in your front door could help you. And then people just get nervous, I think, to talk to someone and just like guide them through it. And it is such an emotional thing. And it's something I would not recommend doing alone. Well, yeah, we, and again, we don't talk, you know, we don't do this podcast to try to you know, generate business, but we want to educate people, right? That's really what we, we're here about. But emotional times, it does lead to, you know, we want to have those conversations. So if you're you're not working with a financial advisor, we'd love to talk to you. You know whether you you can become a client or not. Um, you know, I think it's always just having that conversation. So uh, we t- we talk all the time or reach out on how to find us. I know I, I don't have all the stuff off the top of my head, so I'll let Bailey tell us how to find us. You can but. call the office. We uh, you can reach and ask for Bailey. I'm usually the one that schedules the appointments or hit my uh, hit up my email. We'll put them in the show notes. And we also been thinking about this like. We want to hear from you guys. Like, what do you want to hear on the podcast? Do you want to hear more about the guys' life and their golf? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm getting I, I can guarantee that's not Dead serious. Up. So, like, topics. Social Security, Medicare, yeah. Medicare, investing, whatever it may be, we would love to hear from you. We also host events, and we would love ideas for those. Um, what events have we had so far? So, we've had Social Security. We've had Medicare. We've had taxes. We've had... I mean, we plan to do taxes, Social Security, Medicare, uh, those topics again. But uh, if there's anything else that, that we're missing that you think would be a great topic, we'd love to hear from you. If you have uh, a local entrepreneur that you'd like to be interviewed by the guys, then yeah, send, us, that yeah, name. send us a name because we're always looking for people who'd be interested in coming on the podcast. Sharing their stories. We, yeah. like, we love sharing stories. Yes. Really, the goal of this podcast is to educate and help you so you can live a good, well financial journey. And if sometimes entrepreneurs are just great examples of on how to do yep. that. So we love just picking their brains. And they're inspiring. Yeah. They get yeah. good stories. You yeah. Know? yeah. Great and stories. If you, if you want to hear a really good entrepreneur, check out our last episode where we just asked Cole Jasky a bunch of questions about his life being oh, an entrepreneur. Boy. Oh, boy. Thanks Calcul- for the Calculated yeah. risks, right? Yep. I, mean, yep. I think that's, that's right. a lot of entrepreneurs talk about that. They, you know, they, they had to take a risk at some point, but it's, it's typically calculated. Yep. You know, what what is my return on, on, on our investment? And, and um, you know, we call it ROI in our yep. in our industry. So what is our return on investment with, uh, with a lot of things? And entrepreneurs have to think about that more than probably someone that goes and, and punches a clock. Not that that's a bad job again, but that's, that's, 
uh, you know, that uh, why we feature entrepreneurs because they do, they, their business is almost like investing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it, it is an investment the entire time. Yeah, so I would agree. So awesome. Check it out in the show notes. Hit us with your events. Hit us with your podcast topics. We always appreciate you guys. Follow them on social media. Yes. Yep. Hit, hit the like button. Um, also, if you are a business owner out there listening, not just a business owner, but it does tend to lend to business owners and you want to sponsor an episode of um, How to Money with Cole and Cole, uh, send us a message um, through the Central Financial website. So Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. All right. Never say never because limits like fear are often just illusions. The GOAT. Michael Jordan. Boom. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Cole and Cole, the podcast of the Central Financial Group, courtesy of Spin Market. To learn more, visit their website at www.centralfinancialgroup.com and follow them on all their social media platforms. For now, I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Four. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and it is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Any guarantees discussed refer only to fixed insurance products and are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.